This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. I'm here with my co-host Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. And you know, I'm moving out of this place uh, next week on Tuesday. And so I figured I'd do one episode uh, from the deck because it's the best part of the place, the deck overlooking Lisbon. You can't really see it in the background, but you can see the whole river and the bridge uh, and everything else. So anyway, I figured I would do one, do it a little early where it's still light out here. So <laughs> you've disappeared. That's, that's why we're doing this. You've disappeared completely. I can't see you whatsoever. So I'll leave it to my imagination, I guess. But I can't see you. All right. I don't know why. Just uh, There you go. There you, you appear. There you go. You, I don't know why. I don't know why I killed the... Uh, the camera there for a sec. Let me know if it happens again. Yeah, I don't know what the... you're doing. It's probably for the best uh, that you did kill it there. But, <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, exactly. You can't blame me this time. I actually did uh, pony up and buy a new iMac. So it's not my fault, or better not be after a, a new computer. I do like the right. review. Well done. It looks nice. Are you doing this because you're moving? Is that what you said? We had to do this before you leave? Well, no, we could do this. Um, you know, we could have done it like two hours later, like we normally do. But I just felt like. If I ever going to get the shot of the deck gotcha. in the podcast, it would have to be now because right. next week I'll be gone. So this is our last podcast in this particular house, and I actually think the internet is going to be better in the other one. So One can only hope. So tell us what, what we got there in the backdrop there, what, what in the background. So you're just looking at some buildings that are just you know, part of Lisbon. We're, we're up like elevated from the uh, – you know, th- there's just hills. It's like San Francisco. There's like endless hills. So there's some buildings in the background that are either taller or on either higher hills, but we're overlooking like the river and the city. For the most part. Nice. It's in Bica. Bica is the neighborhood. It's uh, Santa, Cat- Santa Catarina, Bica. It's kind of near uh, Cais de Sodre, which is the train station. Nice. Are those olive trees you said back there behind you? Uh, yeah, there's two olive trees on the deck. They actually bore a lot of fruit, and I cured them with salt and ate them. Nice. Heather thought they were disgusting, said she didn't eat them, but I, I can assure you they were good. And uh, you know, it doesn't get more natural than eating the uh, olives growing on your own deck. Sure, yeah. My brother, more for pressing the oil, but my brother grows a lot of olives. But, uh, but yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. so uh, what else is going on? Uh, you brought up uh, San Francisco. I don't know if you've been following this before we get into sports, but have you heard about this Golden State killer? Yeah, I heard I heard he got caught or a suspect got caught. Yeah, man. I, I, mean, I assumed like we wouldn't be doing the podcast as a result. Right. <laughs> well done. Yeah, I mean, at least a dozen uh, murders and 45 rapes that are at least accounted for. I mean, who knows how many more? I mean, this is in the 70s. Bay Area, Central Valley, right by my area. Then he like moved to Southern California. But this is nuts. Patton Oswalt's uh, late wife died unexpectedly, wrote a book about this case, and it brought more attention to it. I think even like a podcast. And they just arrested some 72-year-old, I think he's a former cop. I mean, it's pretty crazy. They're considering it one of the, like, the biggest cold case solved uh, in the United States history. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's very crazy. And uh, if, it, if it started in the 70s, then that, that did eliminate you. I mean, that obviously, unless it was some sort of intergenerational, you know, hand-me-down type of thing. But yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I think I'm, I'm safe in that way. But uh, yeah, DNA, but just, just crazy the, and, and the fact that, that it's just been so long. But anyway, that was uh, obviously in the news. Uh, we can get to the other, you know, the, the non-sports stuff at the end. But um, I don't know what you got from me. I, I took my one-year-old to the, uh, to the doctor yesterday. And he's uh, my son's real mama's boy. And my wife had to go to a funeral. So it was just me by myself. And I took him. He had to get a couple shots. Um, and man, that was rough. He, he cried quite a bit and then he was, you know, cranky the rest of the day. So a little bit tired, but having to deal with that, especially a mama's boy, I, I get embarrassed in front of people just nonstop crying. There's nothing you can do, but with the second kid, I guess I'm a little bit more immune to that. But you ever have to deal with that where, where you're, you're embarrassed for other people, you know, just you're that guy in, in a public situation. I mean, I, you know, if we were in a restaurant, I'd take her out right. because, um, you know, it's like there's no reason you have to be there. And it's like if you're being a nuisance. But if it's on an airplane where you obviously have no choice, like you're flying somewhere and it's not like you have some other way to get to where you're going. If someone gives me a dirty look, I give them like five times more of a dirty look, like basically just saying like, fuck you. You know, like right. I don't care if this crying is bothering you. It's a child. You know what I mean? Like it's a child who's crying on an airplane. But if I'm in a restaurant, then I am respectful, and I will, I would like go walk her outside or make Heather do it or something. But and what am I gonna know, do with real? a doctor, right? I mean, they're poking and prodding, so it's a doctor. I'm sure they're used to it, right? I mean, oh, I don't care about the doctor. Right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, a couple things. I'm, I'm, my teams, I'm a little disappointed. I would say to date, um, that Eric Thames won. You know, in 11th place, you're in first place in that league. Yeah, not thir- only did 13th, I, 13th overall. 13th overall. Oh, okay. And that and and that league we're in together, I, I, I just looked it up today just because I knew we were going to do the podcast. 13th overall. Wow. Well, I spared you from Thames, who may have a sprained thumb now. I saw and that. a sprained thumb, I've had a sprained thumb, okay? And, and it's the same kind of thing. He was injured, what, diving for a ball or something like that? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I can tell you, uh, I, I was playing basketball once, and I was, like, driving the hoop full speed, and some total douchebag. It's just, like, a really rough game. It was a game where it was, like, just straight-on thugs. Like, people just shoving elbowing you in the face like it was just a harsh game i don't even know why i was playing it but some dude shoved me i didn't even know which guy it was otherwise of course i'd be in jail to be dead by now um and i was going pretty fast and he just shoved me and i went really fast into the wall behind the basket because i like you know was shooting a layup but i couldn't slow down and i caught myself with my thumb and i sprained it i played through it and it swelled up a lot and i remember being in new york a couple weeks later my brother's doctor he's like oh you should see a doctor he like splinted it up he was like no no, no you, this is you need to deal with this. And it took like eight weeks to heal. I mean, it was like a serious, there was like blood in my palm. It was like a serious, like an ankle sprain with my thumb. And if he has anything like that, which you probably imagine if he's like, if it's like already, you know, if it's made the news and they're talking about it, it's probably serious. I bet he's out. I bet he goes on the DL. The manager says he's concerned. Anytime you hear that, that's just a total tell yeah. sign. So he's so, done. He's done. He's I helped not. you out. I wasted yeah. money on Eric Thank you. Yeah, no, right now Kevin Love is suffering a, a thumb injury and he can't secure a rebound. P- players are just taking it from him like it's me trying to grab it or something. So it's a problem. And, and I imagine it'd be similar to be holding a baseball bat. So thank you for that. And as a result, I had some money to buy my boy Brandon Belt in this latest uh, period. So five yeah. homers, the last six games, you know. 21 pitch at bat MLB history. So yeah, I'll take I'll take my guy Belt. He's like this year's Justin Smoke. Yeah, it's age 30 where he's going to finally break out. Right, right. A lot of upside. AT and T Park for lefty power. You know, a lot of upside there in that lineup. In that lineup. Exactly. Exactly. But we'll see. What what, uh, what <laughs> else? It's Ronald. It's Ronald Acuna Day though, right? That's what we got to be talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, well, there's nothing to say. I mean, obviously he's a monster prospect at the age that he is, age to level, and you know, obviously the Braves are just dicking him around for two weeks, and then it, it's kind of like OJ. You know, he was like, he, when he was like trying to find the real killers, it's like he had to do that because if he was going to try to maintain that he didn't do it, well, what would you do if you didn't do it? 
you'd have to try to find the real killers. I mean, what else? I mean, or what write, else would you be doing? Or write a book and say how you hypothetically would do it. But yeah, he was he was convinced that the the real killer was just a an avid golfer because he was just constantly on that golf course looking looking for the killer, the real killer. Yeah, he was. But what I'm saying is, if you denied killing your wife right. and or your ex wife and you wanted to be plausible, you couldn't just act like. After you got acquitted, like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to go about my life. You, you'd have to be outraged that it happened, and you'd want it, right? So OJ had that whole charade, even though he's already acquitted. And I kind of feel like the Acuna thing was the same thing. It's like, obviously, they held him down only for service time reasons. Obviously, he should have made the team at a camp. But then, since they said they were holding him down to get him some AAA bats, and then he wasn't doing well at AAA, they had to hold him down 10 more days just to find the real killers, just to be like, oh, we were really serious about him getting out of AAA, okay? So he finally gets a little bit out of AAA, yeah, gets and, called up. And there was no injury they could use in a, as an excuse either. No. Like Tucker was hitting well enough, so yeah, and Marcakis or whatever, so yeah, yeah. But So we have him in League of Leagues, and, uh, oh, really? we're, and nice. we're getting back uh, Daniel Murphy in an on-base percentage league is this massive and uh, mad bum. So And I picked up that guy, Franchi Cordero, so I kind of nice. excited about our team. I really like our League of Leagues team. But, All um, right, just stop talking about how good it might get when guys come back and just start showing some results. Okay, all right. All right, will do, sir. We'll I would do. appreciate that. Will do. Um, what, what else? So, so you're saying you're not off to a great start in your, in your big money leagues is, is what you're getting at. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, I'm not. Um, you know, the, the main event is still the pitching. I'm just I'm just short on on strikeouts. I'm just – I see all these fucking guys striking out nine, ten guys. Porcello strikes out nine. You see the trade I did in uh, Yahoo Friends and Family with Pianowski, by the way? Uh, which was it again? Refresh your memory. I traded him uh, – he offered it to me, uh, Porcello oh, and Christian Villanueva – for uh, Buxton, who had who was on the deal with migraines, and then while he was like rehabbing, he fouled the ball off his foot, which delayed him further. And I, I started. I had Stefani Bell on the uh, XM show today, and I said, you know, what is it with this guy? I mean, are there some people that just psychologically, you know, have some guilt or something? Like they just don't want to break out. They just don't want to have a great star season. They just can't deal with success, you know, because it's like. The dude is, you know, he struggles a little bit, no big deal. And then he has these migraines. Apparently, it's a recurring thing. And then he fouls the ball off his foot. It's like one thing after another. Like, can you just, like, just be normal for five months, have time to work out of your slump? You know, it just, it just seems like, I don't know, man. It just seems like some people just refuse to just fucking have a season, just have a season. You know, it's not like everybody gets hurt once in a while, but it's like every year there's something with this guy. There's some disaster. Even last year when he was raking in, in the summer, he went on the DL again. And I was saying it's probably not Buxton, you know. I mean, maybe he'll be great for the next 15 years. Who knows? But it's like it gets to you after after a while with these guys. It's like, can't you just just stop doing shit like that? Just I know it's bad luck, but it's like I, I'm saying, like fundamentally, psychologically, do you think there's players that just bring these sort of problems into their lives so that they just can never get out and just finish it? That's beyond the scopes of my analysis. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's plausible. I mean, I, I guess. I know you're looking for a reason because it's so frustrating without one. Um, I, I see why I kind of overlooked that trade. It's because I was really excited because earlier that night I had won Evan Longoria for $90 a fab bid in the, this 14-team league. He's actually hit okay so far. Rick Barcelo's peripherals are, are crazy good, man. I wanted no part of him. I just thought that Cy Young campaign was the clear outlier. Christian Villanueva, uh, last I checked, led baseball in slugging percentage. So that's an interesting uh, a trade. Obviously, looks worse now with, with Buxton getting hurt, although Villanueva's hurt. No, he's fine. He's actually fine. Like I, I'm honestly exaggerating. So would you, would you do thing? the trade right now again? It's annoying. Yeah. Would you do it again? Yeah, of course I would do it. I mean, basically, you, you have a, a, a guy who's off to a hot start, but he's in San Diego. Right. right? I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely a pitcher's park. 
He's 27. He's, you know, he could obviously be one of those late bloomer guys. He could be. So could anybody. Jeff Erickson's really mad that he missed out on Mac Williamson on the Giants because he thinks that guy's the late breakout guy. But who knows? Any one of them could be. Uh, but Pianow, you know, he ponied up. He actually picked up Villanueva and dropped him. And then I think he was pissed that he was on my team because he was like, he was like, that guy belongs to me. You know, he found him. Yeah, he discovered him, right. but then dropped him. And I picked him up and then he started raking for me. And then I think he was getting pissed. And then Pianow also likes what he calls the Abanias All-Stars, the uh, Rick Porcello types that can just right. – Nobody really wants the guy, but he's not walking anybody. He's on a good team. He'll get wins, sort of solid under the radar. Uh, he's off to a great start. And for me, you know, and then P&O drafted Buxton, and he hates those kind of guys. Yeah, he never exactly. likes the Buxtons, right. and Buxton's hurt, and he hates injured guys betting on the recovery. So it's like a perfect storm. Like he knew who to offer him to, yeah. and he knew, and he had two guys on my team that fit his profile, and he knew I would give him up, and we made the deal. No, it's per it is perfect. Uh, it makes total sense for both sides. I'll definitely be following that one. But one one thing I worry about is uh, I, I just hope you guys kind of even out because I don't want someone to totally kill on on the deal because my bets with you guys is you know obviously I'm rooting. Are you going to lose the both of us? That's not. No, don't worry no, about that. But That's I just over. Wanna, no, what I'm saying is I want to make sure no one wins the league. That's why oh, I'm right, saying I right. want the trade to even out. You know, I don't want someone right. to totally be the clear winner on that deal. Yeah, you want all three of those guys to totally bust, and it won't matter anyway. Right. Right. So. Um, what else? Uh, you been watching any? Uh, I guess you know. I know you don't watch much basketball. Warriors. I'm a little worried about. Uh, I'm a little worried about without Curry if they're not healthy with this round, man. That that New Orleans team's clearly better without Cousins. My 76ers pick looking pretty good. Um, NFL draft. Excited about the Giants tomorrow. You're not even gonna watch any of that. Over under five minutes. NFL draft. What are you gonna watch? Under. under. Uh, there's just no point. There's nothing to watch. They, all it is is information, right? It's not like there's some like skill set involved in saying the words, I pick player X, I play, there's nothing to watch. It is a total sham. It's not an event. It's a non-event. It is an, inf- it is a slow roll of information. It is like me telling you, you know, what your, you know, blood test results are. Well, that'd be too, that, that <laughs> you probably don't want to know. And just slow rolling it, each right. test, you know, it, it, there's nothing, it's just simply information that you need to know, but it, there's nothing ab- about it to me that's compelling as a live piece of television and so I'm not watching it. I'm kind of secretly hoping, honestly, that the Giants take Saquon Barkley. I don't give a fuck about right. the sabermetric dickheads. No, I was going to ask you that because I had a feeling you were leaning that way from what we've talked about before. So I was going to uh, – yeah. yeah. Okay, so you are. I don't right. give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about, oh, you got to take a QB. Listen, if you get a top five QB like a Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, fine. Russell Wilson, by the way, was taken in the, what, third or fourth round, right? Yeah. That's great. It will be a franchise changer. People think, oh, if you get like the next Mitch Trubisky or – you know, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, right? Or, you know, Carson Wentz or who was no better than Nick Foles, it turns out, or maybe not better. Or Jared Goff, who was the number one pick and looked terrible. Then he looked great. But, you know, is he really a top five QB? You know, the, the thing is, I think one thing that's overrated about two things are overrated about QBs. One is it's not that hard to get like the 18th best QB. I mean, like Andy Dalton or someone like that. Alex Smith is like the perfect. Alex Smith. Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, okay? And the thing is, if, if you get one of those guys, that's like so much better than replacement value. Replacement value, you know, when you're stuck with like total garbage QBs like what Denver had last year, Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, that is a real disaster, right? And so people say, oh, you, the quarterback's so important. Like if you have Trevor Simeon, you just can't win. And that's true. You really almost can't win with a guy like that. But that is so the exception in the NFL. Like, 25 teams have quarterbacks right now who are basically their franchise guy, whether it's Trubisky or Stafford or Matt Ryan or Andy Dalton. 
I mean, I don't consider, I mean, Eli's done, but you know, Wentz or Deshaun Watson, obviously Brady, I mean, Tannehill's super borderline, but like every, you know, 25, you know, 20 oh, teams, right. let's get rid of the Tannehills and, and those guys. No, 20 Car, teams. Carr, Winston, Mariota, I mean, yeah. All those guys. Yeah. 20 teams have the guy that they think is their franchise guy that they either paid up for or, you know, they're invested in. So it's like, is it really that hard to get one of those 20 guys? No, it's not hard to get one of 20 guys. Dak Prescott's another, there's, he's their franchise guy, like for the foreseeable future. Kirk Cousins for Minnesota, another one, right? Like, there's tons Matt of Matt Ryan, Bortles, yes. Cam Newton, Drew yeah, Brees. Brees. You know, I mean, Rivers. Just, so, yeah. Garoppolo. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just yeah. so many guys. The best for last. You know, yeah. probably Pat Mahomes. You know, he was taken with a really high pick last year, right? Like, all these guys are their, the franchise's quarterback. And it's like, oh, well, it's so hard to get a quarterback. No, it's not. There's like 20 teams that have them, at least 20. And so it's like, okay, so what, you're, what are you worried about? Being one of the two teams that has total garbage? I mean, really, that's what you're worried about, about not taking a QB? It's not that hard to find a QB. Secondly, yeah, there are you, there are a whole like ten of them on the planet who can do their job successfully. But sure, yeah, there are a dime a dozen. All right, two, right, two. No, what do you mean there's ten of them? Can do that? There's twenty of them that basically if that that every franchise is either invested okay. in big. All right, I'll go with your premise and no. say twenty. Okay, okay. there's right. twenty at least. Okay, I mean we named twenty. Okay, secondly. Um, if you make a mistake with an early quarterback pick, it costs you three years, basically. Mm-hmm. Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbard, Jamarcus Russell, right? All of these guys cost three years, basically, of, of the team's success. I mean, they, had, they were wedded to this guy that they, they drafted so high. So the, the more you invest early, the more you're just locked in and, and can't really steer out of it very easily, okay? So that, that's the other downside is like, you, you, you're not just giving away one year if the guy sucks. If Trubisky sucks, the Bears suck for three years, even if their defense and running game and stuff around it is good. So there's, there's more downside to making a mistake on, this, on the early quarterback. Um, the chances that he's really a truly a top five transcendent talent is pretty small, right? I mean, the chances that Barkley is a top five running back, I think, is higher than any of these guys are top five quarterbacks. Granted, if you've got the top five quarterback, it's way more valuable. But the chances are much lower that you can tell which quarterback is going to be that good. Okay. I was going to say maybe the benefit of drafting a bust quarterback is you're more likely to have a bad record than if you get just a guy that moderately helped you improve. But then as what you're saying is that doesn't necessarily help you either anyway, right? Because they're so hard I mean, to you're, get. You're, so. you're three years in the wilderness, you know, if you draft one of these guys and, and it's a mistake. Right. Um, but anyway, wait, hey, hey, Barkley. Wait, go ahead. Wait, wait. Go ahead. And, and then finally, how much, you know, we know that quarterback play is the most important factor in, in football. That, you know, running back play, how your running backs have played, you know, has some importance, but quarterback play is much more important. But how much do we know that it's the individual quarterback? I mean, when Carson Wentz went yeah. down, we were like, the Eagles are fucked. It's over for them. But Foles lit up the best defense in the NFL and the Vikings, lit them up, completely lit them up, and then went in and lit up the Patriots for 41 points in the Super Bowl, played like Joe Montana in his prime, okay? That was Nick Foles. Well, we say, well, Doug Peterson's the coach. It's a great system. So how many of these guys are system? Look at Jared Goff. The guy was a total bust. And then, then he gets a good coach, and he's a, a big success. Look at look, Case Keenum. Look at the Vikings. Was total... yeah, I was going to say, look at the Vikings. Last year, I mean, Bradford looked like he was going to have a big year. I mean, I was one game or whatever, but he looked competent. And then, and then yeah, Keenum. Right. So, so how much is it really the individual quarterback, and how much is it the system and the surroundings? Right. The offensive line play. Look how good Andy Dalton looked two years ago and how bad he was last year. Look how great Carson Palmer was two, three years ago. No matter, you know, even though he was like 36 years old, he was really, he had a great year. Derek Carr looks like a pro bowler and looks like a scrub. The surroundings are such a big deal. Josh McCown looked very competent last year. System, surroundings, offensive line, circumstances, these things are huge for quarterbacks. 
So we know that quarterback play is incredibly important, but how important is truly the individual QB? I mean, Nick Foles, how good is Nick Foles? Is Nick Foles a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now? No, probably not. I mean, you're right. I, I get your point. No, I would say no. Nick Foles is not a top so, quarterback. Would Tom Brady, if he got drafted by a Jeff Fisher team, even have made it? Top would 10 he have been out of the league in, top in 10 two nickname. years? If who? Who? If Tom Brady, instead of being drafted by the Patriots, right. was drafted by Jeff Fisher's Titans at the right. time. Well, that yeah, that's the great question. But, I mean, uh, uh, the no, right? He would not have been anywhere. I mean, he might have. He might have just persisted and tried so hard and just knocked right. on, you know, just went crazy to like make sure he got the job eventually and whatever. But I, I, I just feel like so much of the shit that, again, you can prove that quarterback play is the most important thing, but it's hard to separate the quarterback from the system. And I, I would say that, you know, Aaron Rodgers can be great even with a nutless monkey like, you know, Mike McCarthy as his coach. You know, there, there's Drew Brees is probably a, an all time great. Brady you know, in the right system is obviously arguably the greatest of all time. But how many of these guys are just completely dependent on the surroundings and that you're, you know, elevating them and you're like, no, pretty much anybody, Keenum, Foles, anybody, you put them in the right situation and they can play like a franchise quarterback. And so you're going to draft one of these guys and quarterbacks are the hardest talent to evaluate because it's such a mental, such a, a field position Instead of a guy who's just like, you know, runs a 4-3 or 4-3-5 four, you know, four, at 230 pounds who catches passes, who you know, you don't know for sure anything, but who, you know, you have a very strong reason to believe is going to be good. So, again, I'm fine if they draft the, the best quarterback in the class. I hope it's the best quarterback. We don't, we're never going to know. But I'd also be fine if they draft uh, Barkley. I saw Mike Clay say something about how uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, YPA the last couple of years have not been elite because he throws so frequently to the sidelines, which I – Found interesting and wasn't quite sure if that uh, what that meant exactly or if that's gonna if that's a play calling issue or what. But um, I hear you about just in general the quarterback and I used to be just quarterback or bust guy. I was on the side Bradford over Sue when you had that argument and it wasn't because I liked Bradford per se at all. But I do hear you and it's tough to to argue the other side just based on last year if you just look at those three examples you gave and especially the you know, Super Bowl winning team. So having said that, man, it would be pretty sick Beckham, Ingram, and Barkley. That's a pretty young. Possibly Sterling Shepard is also pretty good. Trio, Sterling yeah. Shepard's not bad. Yeah, if you get a you know QB, I mean it's kind of important as you said, but that's a pretty sick foundation for for the young trio skill position players. That that would be something to get excited about, especially if Barkley is this transcendent once every five ten years type back. Especially you're right because he's a good receiver too, and explosive, and you know he was like returning kicks for touchdowns. And then you know uh, Pat Shermer was the Vikings offensive coordinator last year, the coach. Right. So if he coached that out of Keenum, maybe you know Eli's car, you know carcass has one decent year left they did you know sign nate solder and, and revamp the offensive line a little bit you know maybe there's something i'm not i'm not optimistic don't get me wrong i think Eli's is as as dead as you can be as a qb it would be like bringing in matt hasselbeck and saying okay put him in a system and see if put some good players around him and see if he could do it like that's where eli i think he is skill wise like he's just totally over the hill but you know josh mccann had a good year i thought he was done so stranger things have happened support for this podcast comes from u.s bank when you're looking for a credit card Get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. 
If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. God, what a trade by the Niners. Garoppolo would go so, it would be such an easy, obvious first overall pick if he if were in this draft. Um, anyway, what, um, yeah, I, I hear you. So, football, people like the draft. I mean, they, they just love it. It's going to be on, what, multiple channels this year, or even more than the, the usual two. So I just felt like something we're talking about. And I'm thinking about the Stopa League, and I got an email from your, the Rotowire trip this year in, in July. What happened here? Someone like the entire Vegas strip is, is booked this far in advance? Yeah, Microsoft like booked the whole thing. For what? So if you didn't hate Bill Gates and his sanctimonious bullshit you know, already, um, you should definitely hate him now. So yeah, so it's booked. So we, we had like shittier choices and everything was more expensive because of it. So um, Shu's wife, like she has some connections in Vegas and she was like floating out some different hotels and she picked the Cromwell, um, which is used to be uh, the Barbary Coast, but it got a renovation and it's like a boutique. I think it's kind of more like a younger party set hotel. So it may not really, maybe sort of an odd choice, but right. the other choices were like the MGM, which is so dated and worn and the Palms, which is so worn. I mean, it's like, Carpets are 20 years old and shit, so I think it was, it was the best uh, best available option, and you know we'll we'll make it work. Cool, yeah. I don't think I've ever, I've definitely never stayed there. So, uh, gotcha. I, just, I can't believe it. I, I, I'm curious what Microsoft has it booked for, but that's a months some in bullshit advance. convention, yeah, you know, yeah, some bullshit. Um, all right, what else do I want to bring up to you? Oh, I uh, I love throwing you some rants and, and sitting back and, and and just letting you go off. Uh, your your one this week, I could tell it's quite clear. Is about Twitter, not Facebook for once in your crosshairs, but but Twitter and the like problem. So can you elaborate with that? Because I, I yeah, think so, I know where you're so going. Twitter basically um, has started putting likes in my timeline. I noticed like somebody liked this post and it would be my timeline. But it was kind of just occasional. And I just feel like, oh, that's weird. Why is it showing me what somebody liked? Clearly they didn't retweet this. They just liked it. Why is that being fed into my feed? And it got to the point where uh, I got so many posts, so many likes. Like my, my whole feed was being dominated by likes by other people's likes, and there was stupid shit that I have no interest in. And, and it wasn't even the guy's fault. It was like those people weren't trying to put that in my timeline. They were just liking it. It was kind of ruining my whole experience. And so I had to like unfollow a guy whose work I really like because it was like he was liking all this stupid shit about like MSNBC hosts and shit like that that was just so annoying that I had to, unf- I had to literally mute the guy. You know, and I, I feel bad. I like want to see like his actual stuff that he intends to put in his timeline. Right. But Twitter's screwing up my experience and making him seem like annoying as shit when it's not really his intention or fault you know so that that pissed me off and and i started thinking well i guess my likes are showing up in other people's feeds too right i'm like trying to not like as many posts and it's also fucked up it's like i didn't say redistribute this to everybody who follows me i just said personally to this guy thanks for this comment or i like this or this is funny i'm don't i don't want your fucking algorithm to to tell the people that follow me like what I'm showing them and what I'm not. I'm choosing by retweeting or putting some content out there what's being shown. It's Why just, are you doing that for me? I didn't ask you to do that for me. Yeah, in a form, it's a way of discouraging you to be courteous. I mean, if someone said, like, oh, good right. article list. That's or, right. Or what a piece of shit podcast this week list or whatever, you know, I mean, right. and, you know, make fun of my shirt this week or whatever. And then, you know, it, it's tougher to like it if it's going to bother everyone else's timeline. Right. I mean, that, yeah. exactly. Like, like no, normally, ball. like, I just say, I just like it to be like, hey, thanks, without having to respond. You're just right. like, yeah, you know, someone says something nice. You don't want to retweet everybody who praises your shit because it's like then then your timeline is a bunch of like glad handling. Like, oh, look at all these people who like me. And then people following you are going to be like, this feed sucks. It's annoying. I don't give a shit who likes you. So 
you, what you do is you like the post, which is just saying to that particular person, hey, appreciate it, thanks. right? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, thanks, appreciate it. But that's not for other people to be seeing and that's not for me to intend other people to see because that's not the point of it. But now they're putting me in a bind where like I, I can't even just say, hey, thanks, basically, without responding to each fucking person 100,000 yeah. times. And it's just fucking dumb because it's making it like Facebook where they're letting their algorithm decide for me what I'm now distributing to my followers. And to me, that's like that, – that's also it's slimy. It, it, they're not, they didn't ask me, hey, by the way, do you want this like? Did you mean yeah. to retweet this? Because you could retweet this if you want. No, I didn't mean to. It, it's deceptive. When you think you're liking something, they're actually putting it as a retweet essentially. Yeah, no, I even get notifications on my phone sometimes being like, four people you follow liked this tweet. And I'm like, okay, great. Right. Thanks for the info. You know, I'll alert the media. Appreciate it. Thanks. But yeah, it's yeah, really it, annoying. It's, it's stupid. You know, and it's trying to make it more like Facebook. I think with me, I don't follow that many people. So there's gaps between, you know, the, I, there may be a big gap between right. two tweets because, you know, not everybody's tweeting all the time. And so basically, um, it's trying to fill in the gaps for me. It's trying to keep me from getting disengaged because I'm not getting enough posts. Man, you so, really must not follow that many people because I feel like I don't, but I, I have a full time. 157? There. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, I don't know if that's a lot, yeah. but, you know. No, it's not. I would say it's not it, for, in the industry. So, yeah, that makes sense. Half of those fuckers are yeah. muted, you know? You probably are getting it more because of that, I would say, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I didn't consent to that shit, you know? And, and so, like, Mike Clay uh, weighed in and he was like, um, hey, I'm not seeing that. I'm like, yeah, you follow like 800 people. Like, you're not seeing that. And he's like, hmm, you know, and then he's like, use TweetDeck, a bunch of people outside felt right. like, just use TweetDeck, you won't see those likes. I'm like, yeah, but my likes will still be seen, right? right? Like, it, it solves half the problem. It does solve that problem, which is good, but it doesn't solve the other problem. The other problem yeah, is yeah, you're, Twitter, you're a courteous person. You're not just thinking about yourself. You're worried about how you're affecting others. I got it. I got you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a selfish dick, but, you know, your Twitter feed is, ba- it, you know, you have a lot invested in it. You sp- I've had 30,000 tweets. I've, you know, linked, I have a lot of work on that. I've, gotten it's like a channel for me to broadcast what we do like this podcast will be video cast and podcast will be tweeted out it's how i reach a lot of followers and a lot of people who can you know end up being subscribers or end up giving me good ideas or it's it's actually important right so i i want to like cultivate that and and it's screwing it up and one day we'll get you verified i'll I'll have to make a couple phone calls no i don't i don't want to be verified i I thought about that i don't want to be verified because being verified means you've got permission it means twitter said, oh, okay, I gave you permission, which means you're sanctioned by Twitter. And, and that means, like, to me, that's like, a, the check mark is sort of like a, a negative. Uh, all right, don't accept like, it if you're so, offering so, it. It's not sure. like I'm impersonating somebody. Right. It's not like I'm right. trying to, you know, break fake news right. under, you know, some right. fake name that, you know, I'm trying to trick you. Like, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. I, I don't want it. I don't want the check mark. Okay. All right. I'll let them know if they come asking. I'll definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just don't. Just don't even. Yeah. Don't even. Speaking of XM, you said you're talking about that. I was wondering this. Maybe this has been a while, but have you like 100 percent stopped taking phone calls? Pretty much. I mean, if somebody called in and you know we were talking about something and they were like, "Listen, I know you think this about Saquon Barkley, and I don't watch shit for college." So by the way, when I say that, I take Saquon Barkley. It's just secondhand. I have no fucking idea. I've seen some tape on him, but I haven't really. I'm not a college football guy, so I have really no fucking idea. But and maybe one of these QBs is like a, the, a generational prospect that they have to take, which you know, in which case, of course, take the QB. But if somebody called in and said, "Listen, I've watched every college game. There's something you're missing that you're talking about," or "Hey, I watched the Dodgers, and you know, you're saying Jansen's velocity's down, but I saw him throw a ball," you know, by all means, we'll take that call. But if it's just sort of like, "Hey, uh, I got two guys. Which one to drop?" It's like, no. Why would we take that call? 
By the way, I don't know anything about the draft either, other than I heard a while ago that this guy might get drafted from Fireball, this town that's 30 minutes from me that's podunk and so small and farming community. I couldn't believe a player would make the NFL. Turns out that's Josh Allen. He might be the number one overall pick. So to me, that's just, <laughs> that is just crazy when I heard that six months ago. And the fact he's talked about number one overall is just mind-blowing. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, okay. So um, I, I hear you. And uh, what else? Uh, what else you got? Got anything else for me? Not really. There was something else I was pissed about. I can't even remember. Uh, I, I realized like I, I'm kind of fucked because I need to get a new I need to get a new Mac as I explained. Uh, you got a new one, yeah. and the iMac is like the one that's current enough. You just bought right the, yeah. the one that you're uh, just, using. Yeah, you you can't show us a picture of it because you're actually using the camera that's in it. Correct. 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 So yes. this is an impossible thing for you to do. Yes. Right. right. So uh, I was going to get one of those. But um, there's something called the value-added tax, I think, or the VAT. I don't know. I think that's what it stands for. It might stand for something totally different. But um, in Portugal, and when you order an American product, it's like 20%. It's $450, basically, extra to order really? that shit here. Yeah. And, and normally I just get like a – you know, I was going to get a mini, but that shit hasn't been updated since 2014 or a laptop or something. And you just have someone mule it in or carry it in my luggage myself, and then you get through customs without paying the tax. But – I, you can't really get that uh, iMac in because you know you, you know it looks like it's the giant monitor. Like how are you gonna? No, put it's in a your big box. It's no, a big yeah, it's a big box. There's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. So I'm kind of stuck. Like I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I sent Schuler like reimbursed me for the thing I was gonna get, and then I was like I just send the money back and be like, hold on, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I honestly, if you guys have a, a, the right Mac to buy, I'm hoping that like when I go to LA this summer, they come out with like a new Mac Mini, like an updated one, and then I'll just buy that because I have a monitor here. And right, I can get like yeah. a $200 monitor. That's like no big deal. But I just, you know, I don't want to buy hardware that's, you know, four years old already. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right, I lost my train of thought earlier. I'm thinking about Josh Allen, now I remember. So was the, this, when you stopping taking calls, how much pushback was that? And how long did it take with the, the producers and all that? Because it's so much better, man. That was always the worst part of any of any show is, is taking calls. Obviously, that's not groundbreaking news. But how, how did that go about? I mean, you did it for years, right? Right, so it was, it was always like us versus Deutsch, this big war. You know, you got to take calls, you got to take calls. And the reason uh, wasn't because anyone ever argued that calls were good, although they did try to argue that engagement was good. But I was trying to explain that, like, you're engaging with, like, w- less than 1% of your users, and the other 99% don't like it. It's to the detriment of the majority. But way, way so, less like, than 1% even. Like, way, right, I mean, way yeah. less. Yeah. 0.01% to the detriment of everybody else, who's basically now you have fucking random schmoes driving, you know, content that's irrelevant and, and not even topical, you know, based on calls. And so, um, we fought and we'd have to do it. Then we'd get away with them, whatever we still have to do it in football. I think, I mean, anyway, finally, like a year and a half ago, I was in New York, uh, for, for something. And they were like, you really need to go to this meeting. It's like a, a way of everybody improving their hosting skills. It was just some shit they put together for everybody. And I went and it was funny. One of the guys in the meeting was a host on the boxing channel. You know who Jerry Cooney is? He fought Larry Holmes in the 80s. He was like, yeah, I know that <laughs> anyway, name. He yeah, was in there. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know who he was. I didn't recognize him. And then he was like, yeah, Jerry. Like I, I met him. And then I realized, oh, shit, that's Jerry Cooney. Like a dude that I watched fight when I was like, you know, nice. 10. You know, nice. like, a, right. like a huge, huge. Right. It was like a huge heavyweight fight. You right. know, and that guy's like sitting there. And the same like bullshit training thing we did. They were they were, like talking about all the stuff. And, and the two guys who were running it were, were, were like savvier. And they were like sort of data guys and marketing guys. And they were like, yeah, no, 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 no more calls. You don't do, call the calls are terrible. I was like, dude, I've been trying to fight this battle for like six years to that point. And, and you know, and, and now, of course, I'm vindicated. Right. But they still want it in football. It's just, you know, 
it's just uh, it, it's just a function of like they don't know how to measure the audience really. Right. So engagement is sort of the it, it, it's sort of a a rough estimate of of how many calls you're getting. So it's kind of like saying like let, let's say on Twitter instead of like measuring like how many people are reading your tweets, they were just you know measuring engagement, right? Right. So like the, the smartest thing to do then would like say like the most outrageous hot take shit. It's sort of like the Skip Bayless philosophy for having a job, right? It's like just say the dumbest, most outrageous shit, and people are going to engage. Yeah, they're going to just engage because they're outraged by it. But you're not really. Most people are just going to be like, "Nah, this is stupid," you know. So that, that's kind of the that's kind of the battle we're still fighting. Just anytime you guys you say we'll take your calls and and the and the you know it lights up, then you know you have enough listeners, right? Shouldn't that be enough, right there? You know, you know. Although we eventually you deter people even from like you deter even that kind of listener from. There, I, we can get calls. I mean, during football, we do chances to win, right. oh, which is like right. this ridiculous segment. It's like off the, you know, it's it's lighting up off the charts. But, but that's just sort of a funny segment that we do, and, and that's fine. Gotcha. All right, well, yeah, I've been meaning to ask you that because it's it's so much better without so much better. I mean, yeah. it's, right. well, good. I'm glad you think that then because. You know, we're not we're not changing that. But I mean, both as a listener and obviously I was a host for, a, you know, whatever it was, a year or two with, right. with you and the same thing. I mean, I guess it's filler. But, you know, because you, if you do it three. Did, did you like it in the sense sometimes three hours a day, five days a week would be just help to fill time at all? Well, yeah. OK, you know? so now I do two two hours a day, four days a week. Right. right? So it's eight hours, a lot easier. And second, yeah, I think a lot of it and why the hosts just go along is because they're lazy. Like you don't have to prep. They're just going to call and you just answer their questions. It's yep. super easy. Every day, like especially now, it's like April. I mean, we have draft shit, but like I'm not like a big college guy, so I don't have a ton of draft shit to talk about. We have, we bring in Mario, who's actually really good and knows his really shit. Yep, definitely. But, it, but like I don't know shit to say. And like baseball, it's like, all right, like all the earth shattering shit is done. You know, it's like right. fine. You have your team now. It's management and whatever. Yeah, there are down talk. times in, in sports years. Yeah, exactly. Sure, sports. It's like you know, basketball class, but I'm not up on basketball that much. We have Dre on, but like. So yeah, it would be a hell of a lot easier sometimes to just, you know, let let the callers just fill the fill the air, fill the time. But it's like, then what the fuck's the point, right? I mean, we just doing this to like get subscribers to RotoWire and mail it in, or are you doing the show because like you got something to say or you got some purpose, you know? So I don't know. I just think it's dumb. It's dumb. It's just the way they used to measure how many listeners we had. They, they used to say like, you know. No. We just multiplied the calls by a thousand or whatever. I don't know what the exact formula was, and that's how many listeners you have. No, I know they're real secretive releasing numbers, probably because they don't know much about it either. But um, I anyway. think they do because they sell ads and right. they have to give numbers to advertisers. I think it's just a power thing, but I don't know. I, I, I I'm a little paranoid about everything, but I always feel like if like I'm getting less shit and they're being nice to me, then the numbers must be good. Right. <laughs> and I don't. That's all. And, they're, and if they're like on my case they're, and stuff. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, because they're not going to go out of their way to, to compliment you especially. So I feel like that is their way of complimenting maybe. Not no, they, do. They, do. They, they do a little bit, but right. everybody they do. But it's, right. you know, it's just, it just like how much pushback you get for everything you do. Sure. Like I try to drop in some curse words now and then just to see. And, and actually now that like, so Tommy G, you know, he got fired because of some shit like off air. I didn't, know, like, that. I didn't know that. No. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I don't know if that was supposed to go, but I mean, I think it's public knowledge, but anyway, he, uh, I used to curse and then he used to curse, but he used to curse worse than me. I think, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't listen to the show. And then I, I, I was told that maybe it was him, maybe it was somebody else. Then he said, well, this does it, you know? So then I got yelled at cause like I was right. You can't just tell one dude to stop. Right. right. But now I don't really get yelled. At. I don't curse that much, but I'll, I'll drop in, you know, a couple choice words right right well it's it's uh it's much better without the call so definitely keep doing that 
Um, all right. Finally, um, I guess you just got to ask your opinion on, um, uh, I guess, the biggest issue probably is uh, what North Korea suspending the, the testing, nuclear testing. So what are your thoughts? So my thoughts are that obviously that's an unqualified good. And like you're a, a fucking nutless monkey if you want that to fail because you don't like Trump. I mean, right. It's like a nuclear armed power. Like, obviously, that's good. If if we make a deal with them, you, you can't be like you're just as bad as those Republicans who didn't want Obama to succeed at anything. You know, it's like, yeah, you might not like Obama, but like something that's good for the u.s don't you want him to succeed he's the president right like this is good for the world you want it to yes. succeed who gives a yes. shit if yes. trump gets credit it's it's just don't be a don't be a five-year-old okay? and I, Secondly, and I know someone who who doesn't necessarily hate trump like like uh the, a lot of other people and his first reaction to me is uh-oh how, how are they gonna react to trump like he was de- and like that shouldn't be any of our reaction on the left or the right side who cares that's we should be rooting for this as a good thing it's it's bad that and – that, and that was your first kind of instinct to go at too. That's just wrong. It tells the, the state we're in – and I don't know much about politics, but I can tell you right now that, that shit's sad. If that's our first instinct is, is how well, this is no. going to you – know, how, how does this relate to, to our left and right and, 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 and Trump? Yeah, I, I don't really think there's left and right. I, I think there's like nutless monkeys who believe state propaganda, You know, the centrist neocon neoliberals who just believe what they're told by the CIA and the FBI and – MSNBC and Fox News and shit. I know there's some contradictions between what they're saying, but basically that things like bombing is good and, you know, sort of the maintenance of the U.S. empire is good. And they're just like people who think for themselves. I, I talk to people who are libertarians. I talk to people who are like real leftists, not left like, you know, Hillary Clinton left. That's not left. Leftist, you know, people who like believe in like socialism, like Bernie Sanders and to the left, Corbyn, you know, people like that. Those people and the libertarians and the people who just know like most of the shit we're being told is lies. You have to think for yourself. You have to really be critical, skeptical, and assessing all the stuff you're reading. But I think it's it's really between those people and the people who just uncritically. I don't. I don't. So to me, that's the the bigger dichotomy than left and right anymore. Okay. And and secondly, like no, that's um, a good way of putting it. That's the fair. There's a guy. There's a guy who I follow on Twitter, and he he claims that he's left of Bernie Sanders, but he's like Trump's biggest defender slash explainer. So it's really weird, right? He's he's the Dilbert cartoonist. This guy Scott Adams. I don't know if you heard of him. But, um, oh, that's the guy that – he has a big controversy, right? right? Well, I don't know why. He was like Kanye West retweeted him and then this whole thing. I don't really know about that. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I watched a video, a video that he, that he did. It's like just a totally different perspective on this whole thing, on the Trump thing, on everything, right? And I don't know if he's right. He might be totally off his rocker. He might, he's not off his rocker, but he might just be wrong. He just might be mistaken. But his take on Trump is just so different from any other you know, lefty or even like – not even lefty, but just any other like non-Trump fan, basically, or, or Trump hater. And his take is basically like, this is a totally different kind of guy than we've ever had. He's like, this is a guy that, even if you think he's the biggest douchebag in the world, and I watched the Trump documentary on Netflix, by the way, and he does a lot of douchey things. There's, there's no doubt about it. But he just doesn't believe in like limitations in the way that most people do. Like if he thought like he could be president, which is absurd. Like a dude like him, right. and he is now president. He didn't serve one day in the Senate. He was never a governor, a mayor. He was never a congressman. He just now he's the president, right? So he actually thought I, he could do that. And I was right? just real quick. I was reading something about the guy who was duped into that interview when they put him on the Fortune 500. You know, how he acted like he was a, a, a different voice. How he changed his voice, Trump. And, and the guy is like, so. in hindsight, listening to the tapes, it's so obvious that he was just changed his voice a little. And he basically is like, if I don't buy that, I don't put him on this list. And he doesn't end up president of the United States. He was kind of making himself a little self-aggrandizing. Right. But anyway, carry on. 
Well, so many people, like so many little things that Trump got, like some little publicity here or this other thing, but whatever, it is what it is. But he believed he could be president, which is fucking absurd, right? right? But it happened. And it's just one of those dudes that doesn't, you know, he said he's not, I mean, this is what Scott has, he's not in a mental prison. He doesn't think, oh, this is not possible. And it's like North Korea was like an unsolvable issue in our politics. It was like, you just can't solve that. Like, dude's crazy. There's no way he'll give them up. It's a real big problem. Containment, whatever. It's the best policy. And he's just like, no, we can solve this. And we'll see. Maybe it's going to be a total bust. But the way he described it is just think of his frame is just totally different than the frame that you've heard for 25, 30 years from both sides. This is how it is. This is how foreign policy is. This is what these are the rules. You're not allowed to tweet as president. You're not allowed to say shit that like is provocative on Twitter. Like that's the craziest thing ever. That's unpresidential. Okay, that's that is the rule. But he doesn't give a shit. He just he's not limited by that. And forget about good or bad. You know, he's an asshole. Just forget about that for a second. Just that is true. Like he just doesn't live in the in the confines that the prior presidents lived in. And maybe that will be disastrous and we'll have some horrible war, though. You know, I think it would be Hillary that would be invading Syria by now. Trump dropped this like half ass bomb. Nothing else has happened yet. Hopefully it stays that way. You know, so maybe he's a total idiot and is going to screw everything up. But like maybe there's some like upside also because he's not trapped in. Oh, you can't do anything about North Korea. It's impossible. It's just not solvable. He doesn't think that because he just thinks, oh, I can solve whatever. And he may be totally ignorant, but like maybe there's a, a bit of ignorance in being so sure that this is some unsolvable problem that all, all the best minds in our in our foreign service and our diplomatic best diplomatic minds couldn't solve. It was worth watching the video because I, I felt like it gives you a different perspective that's kind of optimistic, which is a nice antidote to the constant sort of doom and gloom. Like this is we're going to pretty soon be in some horrible world war and all this shit. Maybe I, I'm not saying we won't, but. I find the dude interesting, to say the least. I'm not really sure why that was controversial, what he said. Yeah, I, I might be wrong. I know there's a cartoonist who is seen as controversial, but I think I got the wrong one. No, no, it's him. No, no, I, I, think, it, I think it's him. Okay, I'm going to look in. I'm got trying to Google big now. Thing. Okay, got this All right. big thing. I, I, don't, I think it was kind of dumb. I didn't really get into that, but... Okay. Anyway, but, but I, he's, to, been, he's been following Twitter, and he's, he predicted a lot of things correctly. He predicted Trump would be president. made a lot of... Uh, Accurate prediction. This meeting should be fascinating, though. I mean, uh, even the shrewdest political people, if you if you say that Trump is naive, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's a good thing he's so naive. But even the shrewdest people probably would would just look at the way Un's appearance is and kind of look past him and consider it a joke. Maybe it's a good thing that Trump comes in with a different perspective. I, I don't know. It's all well, he's like just as absurd looking as is Kim Jong Un. Like they're both. Well, there you go. They're both yeah, no, cartoonish. But, but I, yeah, they're I mean, both cartoonish, and you know, but there's a sense of like. What this guy, Scott Adams, said, again, I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying I found it interesting and thought-provoking. He said, um, you know, North Korea is not a real problem for us. It's not like an actual thing like the way income inequality is a real problem or healthcare is a real problem. It's just a psychological problem. It's like they're doing this and we don't like them. There's not a real problem. And he said like the way he's like taunting him at first and then now they're like friendly tweets. Like he's just attacking it from a psychological thing. He's just like unraveling that. So, you know, and remember Dennis Rodman was going over and that was like the craziest thing ever. Like this one freak is now with these crazy people. And everyone's like laughing at that. Oh, I remember. But in in, in a weird way, right, in a weird way, it's just like a psychological problem to be – the the freak aspect might almost be the way to solve it. In a weird way, it's so outside the way we do things. We're always like, you better do this or else, you know, we're going to come down on you hard. We'll either reward you or punish you. You know, and maybe like it's just – it's just the wrong way to look at it. And so anyway, I would recommend the videos. I, I find them, uh, whatever. They're not like that great, but okay. 
it's a, it's a, just a different perspective than you ever get from like left or right or from main, certainly from mainstream. But forget all the outs, uh, the other stuff we're talking about. The the announcement itself. I mean, you take it at, at face value, and that's encouraging, right? There's no other way to look yeah, at course. it. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't, right? Okay. Right. Why wouldn't be? Of course. I mean, no one knows what's going to happen. I I have no pretty. I don't know shit about this, but why not? They're meeting. They're talking. You know. So. Yep. Well, that's all I got for you. Got anything? Uh, no. Let's 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 call it. It's Forty minutes, and uh, we'll edit it. If you like, if you enjoy this podcast, feel free to like it on iTunes. Give it five stars. Talk some shit about Dalton's appearance if you want. It's probably totally dark where I am. Can you even see me anymore? Uh, no, it's been a while. Since you could see me? Yeah. It's just pitch black. All right. Well, we, we do have the audio portion at least. No, um, and you got to see the view. So whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I guess I, sh- I was supposed to stop this midway for an ad, but I didn't. So fuck it. All right. Take it easy, man. All right, man. Later, Liz. All right. Later, Dalton.